Welcome again to GP Core Content. In this episode, we're going to talk about scleritis. Uh, so scleritis usually goes hand in hand with episcleritis, uh, and we're not going to talk about episcleritis in this one. Uh, and I don't even think it made the overall list of cases for this cut. Um, but, you know, episcleritis is certainly worth looking up because um, it's likely to appear on exams as well. So scleritis, though... <laughs> Um, the background of scleritis. Basically, scleritis is inflammation involving the entire thickness of the sclera, as opposed to episcleritis, which just involves the episclera. Scleritis is a severe ocular inflammation, often with ocular complications, which nearly always requires systemic treatment. It's very rare uh, in the order of 0.1% of presentations to the emergency eye clinic and more commonly occurs in older age group, mean age of presentation of 52 years. It's twice as common in women as compared to men, and usually presents between the ages of 30 and 50. So scleritis often occurs with episcleritis. However, episcleritis doesn't involve the sclera and does not progress to scleritis. Of people with scleritis, 44% have associated systemic disease, most of which is rheumatic disease. And most of that is rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, and we get into all the causes or associations later. Uh, and it's worth noting scleritis may in fact be the first presentation of the onset of connective tissue disease. So in terms of the types of scleritis, um, you basically break it down into anatomical locations mainly. So you've got anterior and posterior scleritis. So 90% of scleritis is anterior and 10% is posterior. And I guess overall there's four types of anterior scleritis. So the four types are diffuse anterior, nodular anterior, and those two above account for 90% of the 90% of all cases. The other two are necrotizing uh, and with or without corneal inflammation. So going in a bit more detail on the, the top two, diffuse anterior. Diffuse anterior is the most common and benign form. And it's the one that you see when you see widespread inflammation of the anterior sclera. It accounts for about 50% of all scleritis cases. Nodular scleritis is where you get erythematous tender fixed nodules in the sclera. Uh, and they've got a 1 in 4 chance of progressing to necrotizing, necrotizing scleritis. Necrotizing scleritis is the least frequent. It accounts for about 14% of overall scleritis cases. Uh, and it's characterized by extreme pain and marked scleral damage. It's usually associated with underlying systemic disease. And it can be broken down into if you do have corneal inflammation and if you don't. So it's particularly worth noting that necrotizing scleritis without inflammation, which is also called scleromalacia perforans, uh, is notable for its complete lack of symptoms. It's a severe disorder of the globe with insidious onset, slow progression of lack of symptoms until the bare choroid is seen under the thin layer of conjunctiva. It's bilateral and only seen in advanced rheumatoid arthritis and usually in women. So that's the scary one. In terms of posterior scleritis, posterior scleritis is about 2% of overall cases. It affects the back of the eye, obviously, and it's difficult to diagnose. It can present with severe eye pain, retinal detachment, choroidal folds, and loss of vision. And about one-third of these patients have an associated anterior scleritis. And posterior scleritis can lead to rapid permanent visual loss. 
Cool, so that's a bit of an overview. Uh, so just breaking down into the types, just for a bit of background info. Moving on to the case. <coughs> so Betty is a 50-year-old woman with a history of rheumatoid arthritis and osteoporosis who presents with a severely painful and red eye, which she describes as having a blue tinge to it. The pain is described as boring. She feels like it's boring into her head and it radiates to her head and down to her neck. Her eye is very tender to touch. She has a watery discharge. She has no change in her vision. And it's worth noting she's on medication. She's on bisphosphonates for her osteoporosis. So what's your diagnosis in this case? And what are your differentials? It's always a good common first KFP question. So moving on, what are the key features of history in scleritis? So the key features of history in scleritis are that it can be uh, acute, subacute or gradual onset and it's 50% bilateral and 50% unilateral. You get a localised or diffuse deeply red eye which is dark red, purple or blue in colour. Uh, it can be diffuse, so the whole conjunctive or it can be localised and look like episcleritis. You get overlying episclera and conjunctival inflammation as well. You get severe, boring eye pain, often radiating to the head and neck that worsens with eye movement. It's tended to palpation and is barely responsive to pain meds. Visual acuity might be normal, but can be decreased with advanced disease. Visual fields are usually normal. You have a watery discharge. You can have diplopia in posterior disease. Occasionally you can have the associated systemic symptoms, so fever, vomiting, headache. It's not itchy, no photophobia, and cornea is usually normal. So what are the key features of history in posterior scleritis? So I guess you can have any or all of the above. Often you'll have the severe eye pain, but you might have a quiet white eye at the front. Or you can have decreased visual acuity in the complete absence of pain. More likely to see lid edema, proptosis, and features of retinal detachment symptoms perhaps. So what are the key features of examination in scleritis? So on exam you're going to see a red eye. It'll either have that segmental or diffuse inflammation of the sclera and the colour may be more violaceous which means it's dark red, purple or blue in colour. The scleral vessels will appear darker, they may follow a radial pattern and are immobile. A good way to differentiate is to apply phenylephrine eye drops. And in scleritis, there won't be any blanching with application of 10% phenylephrine eye drops. But in episcleritis, there will be blanching, and that's a really good way of differentiating between the two. The eye will be painful, tended palpation, VA may be decreased with advanced disease, visual fields will be normal, you'll see a watery discharge, you might see diplopia, on limits of gaze, in posterior disease, no photophobia, cornea will be normal and intraocular pressures will be normal. In slit exam you can do that and detect any intraocular inflammation, get an idea of severity and you can visualise the posterior chamber and exclude posterior scleritis or any retinal problems. 
Um, if you have systemic symptoms like fever, vomiting, headache, you might want to consider rheumatologic symptoms as well and think about examining joints, skin, heart, lungs for connective tissue disease. So what are the differentials of scleritis or the case above? So some of the differentials will include the other causes of a red eye, including uveitis, keratitis, corneal ulceration, conjunctivitis, acute angle closure glaucoma, episcleritis, a contact lens-related problem. So it's worth having a think about how each of those present and how they might be different um, to the presentation above, both in real life and in the exam. For example, acute closure, acute angle closure glaucoma will present with a cloudy cornea and scleral injection. You'll get eye pain and severe vision loss. So you can see that the cornea is different there and the visual acuity is probably different. So how do you differentiate episcleritis from scleritis? So basically it might look a bit different in terms of the violaceous colour. Um, you can instill phenylephrine eye drops and see if it blanches and it will blanch in episcleritis and not blanch in scleritis. And if you've got nodules, you can manipulate the nodules in nodular episcleritis with a cotton tip, but the nodules will be fixed in scleritis. So what diseases are associated with scleritis? So at least 50% of patients will have an underlying systemic disease, and in 15% of scleritis cases, the scleritis itself is the first presentation of connective tissue disorder, and often precedes it by one to several months. The most common connective tissue disorder associated with scleritis is rheumatoid arthritis. Others include lupus, reactive arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, Wegener's granulomatosis, gout, syphilis. May also occur following ocular surgery or might be caused by infections such as TB, Lyme disease, or local infections such as pseudomonas, strep pneumonia, staph aureus, and varicella. And some more unusual causes of scleritis include sarcoidosis, hypertension, lymphoma, and bisphosphonate medication, which is why the case above had, was on bisphosphonates for osteoporosis. And she also had rheumatoid arthritis as an association there to try and help paint that picture a bit more clearly. So what are the key features of investigation in scleritis? Uh, so I guess at this point you've probably referred on to ophthalmology, but just say you haven't. Some investigations you might want to do would include um, basic routine bloods, ESR, CRP, to um, you know, look at the amount of um, autoimmune or um, infection. Um, uric acid, if you're thinking gout. Uh, if you're considering an autoimmune cause, you know, basically starting with your routine autoimmune screen, so things like um, ANA rheumatoid factor and anti-CCP, just to see the focus really on that um, rheumatoid arthritis, but also look at those other connective tissue disorders as a baseline. Imaging, you might want to think about chest x-ray, sinus CT, SI joint x-ray if you're looking for systemic disease. Uh, if you can't really get the cause, you can do a biopsy, but then, it, you know, ophthalmology would be doing that. Uh, and you can do CT scan, MRI and ultrasound to help determine the extent of the involvement. But from my point of view, you would have referred to ophthalmology before this point anyway. 
What's the most important immediate first step in the management of scleritis? So that's emergent ophthalmology referral. Pretty much you want to have an ophthalmologist manage your scleritis, not do it yourself. Um, but it's worth noting, what are the key features of management of scleritis? So basically, key features of management include uh, ibuprofen at normal dosing, two drops, 1% prednisone every two hours for two weeks. If that doesn't work, you can use oral IV corticosteroids or consider cyclophosphamide. But again, they're all going to be done by specialist. So scleritis is initially treated with systemic NSAIDs and or topical steroids. Um, noting about half of people will more respond to topical steroids and those that don't respond will need to go into having oral IV steroids. You can use antibiotic dry drops for secondary prophylaxis. And if you're expecting infectious scleritis, you would want to use systemic antibiotics and limit your use of immunosuppressants if you're concerned about infectious, infectious scleritis. And then it's worth noting you need analgesia on top of the NSAIDs, most likely. What are the complications of scleritis? So the complications of scleritis are vision loss. It's common with scleritis. And the risk of vision loss is dependent on the type of scleritis. So diffuse anterior will give you a 9% chance of having vision loss, but posterior scleritis will give you an 84% chance of having vision loss. Posterior scleritis as well can produce retinal detachment, subretinal exudates, and is often associated with uveitis, which we'll talk about in the next episode. Other complications include raised intraocular pressure, if you've got any involvement of your, you know, trabecular meshwork, retinal detachment, more in posterior scleritis, uveitis, more in posterior scleritis, uh, can predispose to cataracts, and posterior scleritis as well can lead to rapid permanent visual loss. Cool, so that's pretty much it. I found some good FOMAD resources, so uh, a good one is in YouTube, the Paul Ball and Crash series, which I really like. He's got an episode called Episcleritis and Scleritis, which is full of good pearls. Uh, and on iTunes, um, haven't found a link on iTunes for it yet, but on their website at emergencymedicinecases.com, they have a podcast called Non-Traumatic Eye Emergencies, and there's scleritis in there. Cool, that's it. Uh, as always, references available on demand. This is RACGP exam confidentiality, policy compliant. Um, it's all original material. The cases are original, questions are original, and answer lists are original. The answer lists are cross-checked with all of the references that were available uh, to ensure they're accurate, but I can't guarantee it, and don't rely on this um, solely for exams, and don't I'm not responsible if the answers are wrong or not, as per the KFP lists, which, as we all know, we have no idea what's on those lists. Uh, and don't use it for medical advice. Cool, that's it. Catch you later.